Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It All Starts Here. I am your host, Olivia Moyer, and we are back here today at the Institute for Women's Health at UCL here in London. And today we are going to be dipping our toes into the field of immunology um, relating to the lungs, uh, specifically in our very early life. And when I say early life, I'm talking right as newborns. And we are going to be talking about a group of proteins that are called collectins and their importance when it comes to the proper functioning of our lungs. So to do this, I have with me Dr. Jens Madsen, who is an associate professor at the Institute for Women's Health here at UCL with his research focusing on airways and the importance of innate immunity for the maintenance of a normal healthy lung, and during infection, inflammation, and repair processes. So as per usual, if you don't know very much about the lungs or airways, don't worry, because today we will dive into the basics of what is so important about them and their development for our early life and throughout our life course. Um, it is such a pleasure to have you here with me today. Uh, and why don't we just jump right into things and hear firstly a little bit of background on how you got into this field. Oh, thank you, Olivia. Thank you. And it's thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. And uh, yeah, so it all started a long time ago. So I'm Danish. I'm from Denmark. I did my master's uh, there and I started around, ooh, that must have been 95. And that's where I dwelled into this area just by coincidence, actually. So I was applying for one type of project and the supervisor didn't have uh, any room left. So he's like, why don't you go and talk to the guy over next door? So I did. And that's how I ended up here. So <laughs> so that was very interesting. So we did a master's together and then he said, oh, we should apply for a PhD. And then we did in the kind of same subject area. And that led to a postdoc and that led to a fellowship in the States. Uh, and during my postdoc in Denmark, I met a clinical fellow called Howard Clark. And we stayed in the same field, and via EU frame program, which is now called Horizon programs, uh, we met twice a year for a couple of years. And then, when he became a professor in Southampton, we teamed up uh, to try and do what we do and take it into clinical trials. And that's how that's how we ended up here. The rest is history. <laughs> you make it sound <laughs> so easy. I wish everything was just that go with the flow. I mean, I guess it can be sometimes. Well, I never had a plan as a five-year plan as such but you have to grab opportunities when they come along so that's what I'm trying absolutely I keep learning that um okay so a little bit about you know we've heard about your how you got into the field but then maybe you can tell us about why you're so interested in studying within this sort of niche particularly yes so lungs are very unique it's one of the last organs to fully develop during pregnancy because there's really no use for them until you're born um, and I am in the field of neonatology, which is newborn babies and particularly ill-borns and a lot of preterm babies. Uh, and a normal pregnancy is 40 weeks, so around 10, 10 months. And if you're born earlier than 32 weeks, then your lungs are not fully developed. They cannot sustain themselves and therefore you need help. So if you are born earlier than 32 weeks, you can develop something called respiratory distress syndrome, which is kind of inflammation of the lungs. Um, and nowadays you can treat it by giving some treatment with uh, lung lavages or extracts from lung lavages from cows or from pigs. Um, but they're not complete. They're missing some components, and we want to add those components back to help the babies. Very cool. So are these components the collectins? Yes, that's collectins. So 
the component is called surfactant, and it stands for surface active agent. So the, lo the lungs are made of tiny little air sacs or balloons. They're so tiny that, let's say, if you have an inch, you can stack 120, 25 next to each other. Very, very tiny little air sacs. And they have to, they expand when you breathe in, like this, and then they come close together when you exhale, like an empty balloon almost. And you kind of know, probably, if, if you're trying to blow a balloon by yourself, it's very hard in the beginning takes a lot of effort and it's the same for the lungs if the air sacs are empty it's very hard but if they're kind of blown up a little bit it's easier to keep them open and for this we have this agent called surfactant which is mainly lipids or oil and then there are some proteins in them and there are four proteins they're called surfactant protein a b c and d or in daily speak we call them spa spb and spc and spd yeah <laughs> now i have to think about it um, and the preparation we give babies do actually contain SPB and SPC, but they do not contain SPA or SPD. They are purified out during the purification procedure. Right. I remember learning about this really briefly. I mean, I've done research with the lungs, so I know a bit about surfactants and really just that they are crucial to survival um, <laughs> and proper functioning lungs. But I remember learning about this in one of my courses um, where we talked about the surfactants that are administered um, and the fact that A and D were kind of filtered out in the process. And I think that's relating to the fact that they're hydrophobic. Yes. Okay. So lipids, you know, oil and, and water doesn't mix. And SPB and SPC really likes oil. They're what we call hydrophilic or hydrophobic. They don't like water. They like lipids, whereas the proteins we work with, they are hydrophilic, they like water, so they purify it out. Right. Um, and they are, you mentioned collectins in the beginning, they are collagenous lectins, which means they bind sugar molecules, that's the lectin bit, and they contain a collagen region. So that's called collectins in general. Very cool. So then, okay, so we got a little bit about the basics. Um, so then with your research currently, are you focusing on surfactant in early life or what is your kind of research around? Yeah, so we mainly, because surfactant is mainly given to preterm babies. So that's what we're looking at for now. And the proteins we work with is part of the immune system. So they are very good at stopping virus infections and bacterial infections and clearing particles, pollution from the lungs. And because the preterm babies don't have that, they're very vulnerable for virus infections and inflammatory events. They are very vulnerable anyway, so they are very, very vulnerable. So we would like to give it back. So the surfactant treatment they give them helps them breathe, but they are still very prone to virus infections. And with that, there's also other comorbidities. Their lungs never develop normally, or they have a high chance of not developing normal lungs, and they could also have learning disabilities. So there's a neurological component as well. Mm. So if we can help them early on, it's really impact for life. It's crazy how, I mean, I think when we think of early life and the crucial organs that are involved in that, I don't, I mean, I don't, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of people don't automatically think of the lungs and how this can impact the onset of other conditions. Um, but I guess it makes sense because that's where, you know, the transition when you're first born, you're breathing and then your breath is what keeps you alive. So then if you have lungs that aren't functioning, and stop me at any time if I'm yeah, saying no, no, something it's wrong. Absolutely right. You're correct. So yeah, no, no, it is correct. Yes, and you have. So you, if you take all your little air balloons in your lungs and you unfold them, they cover an area similar to half the size of a tennis court. Totally. That you have inside you, right? And if you don't, 
if you're pre if you're preterm and you have this uh, inflammatory disease, you don't develop as many air balloons as you need, and therefore your air will be smaller. So you will always don't have a normal lung uh, development. Right. So and therefore it's have an impact for life. Yeah. Um. Crazy. And then you sort of touched on there um, about the fact, or we just talked about that surfactant A and D are not administered. But I mean, surely if that is what's produced in a normal, I say normal with air quotes, um, healthy lung, um, when you, if you are born preterm and then you aren't, you know, developing all types of surfactant properly, but then you're administered B and C, is it not kind of bad that you don't have? Yeah, it is, but it's because the lungs are not able to develop uh, themselves in the beginning. So there's a window opportunity. If you don't have any SPD, it's because it resets the lung. It keeps the lung in a, a quiet state or not inflamed. And we know from animal models in the literature, if you don't have any SPD, you get an inflamed lung. So it kind of puts the immune damp on the immune system. It still promotes uptake and, and uh, clear viruses and bacteria, mm-hmm. but it keeps all the immune system in a quincent state. So you don't have any inflammation. And the lung probably needs that for normal function. So if you're missing out on that, mm-hmm. you have a very high risk of having an inflammatory disease. Right. And so then how does this carry on like later on in life? So let's say you were to have surfactant administered, you know, in the very early stages as a newborn. Do you need that still going forwards in your adult yeah, life? Yeah, absolutely. You have it uh, continuous through life. So we know that people with other chronic inflammatory diseases such as asthma, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, or for instance, people who have severe corona, yep. COVID-19, we just had, they all also have low levels of SPD. And they could probably benefit from therapy as well. Right. Cool. And then in terms of the administration of that, is that, like, how is that given? So at the moment, it's it can be given as an intro, uh, when you're intubated, so if you're in a ventilator. But we are trying to develop it long-term so you could have it as a, as an inhaler, for instance. Crazy. Maybe even as an electronic cigarette or vapor, who knows? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of a stretch connecting the dots, but not really. I mean, in terms of, like, um, vaping and cigarettes, obviously people who have um, deficiencies in surfactant, like, that isn't really something that you'd want. I mean, no one should be engaging in that, really, but um, I guess that would put a lot of stress on your lungs. Yeah, no, it does, because there is a... Uh, turnover and we know that if you have a traumatic event the normal turnover for time for SPD is around half half uh, um, sorry 12 hours so if you lose the ability to produce SPD everything is gone pretty much within 24 hours crazy um okay so then in terms of I mean misconceptions that might exist in the field of um research relating to surfactant as well as just to normal healthy lung development are there different things that you have encountered um so far in your career or you find miscommunication about a certain topic uh well we try to get funding for this so we started professor Howard clark and i joined forces in 2007 to try the, to raise the funding for this uh and we thought it was going to take a couple of years it's taken 12 years to get the funding in place for the clinical trial and there is a kind of misconception in the field that because surfactant treatment have been so popular since the late 80s that nothing is needed anymore but it is right because it's not the full full uh, mixture they give we're missing these components and we want yeah. to add them back but it's not normal knowledge that these components are missing so we've been struggling to get funding for it but we're very happy that we have got the funding now yeah 
So then when you say the missing components, you mean all the surfactant types? No, just, just, yeah, the two, uh, the two that we work with, so HPA and SPD, but they're missing from all the animal-derived products on the market. So that's mainly from cow lungs and from pig lungs because they all follow the same purification procedure. Yeah. So then in terms of um, creating something that would have, like diving really into that science, because that's so interesting to me, <laughs> um, but in terms of creating sort of, a compound that would include like all of the surfactants it would have to be suitable for both the hydrophobic and hydrophilic yes molecules so how does that i mean i'm sure it's complicated but it is, it is complicated it's a very unique mixture and so what we, we do now is that we give them the surfactant first and then we administer it hours afterwards so it's a combination treatment okay so different types of compounds given yes. depending on the surfactant types yes so we give the surfactant first and then opens all the little air balloons in, in the airways, and then we can give our SPD afterwards, and then it will coat all the air balloons from the inside. That's what we hope. And then in terms of measuring in an individual the levels of surfactant, like to know where you're at, is there a way to do that, or you just kind of assume that they yeah. are deficient in those molecules? No, you can see it, because if they're in general in surfactant, they can't breathe, so the oxygen levels are very low, the, mm -hmm. um, and they have other markers as well. So if you give them a surfactant, the oxygen level will increase, it's the same we saw with people who had COVID-19 that was intensive care. Uh, we did a couple of uh, clinical trials during the pandemic where we repurposed surfactant treatment from preterm babies to adults with, um, with COVID-19, sorry. And they did improve uh, after we gave it to them. So it could be a way of going forward. Hopefully it won't need it anymore. But it does show that we can apply this to adults. And then, of course, we would like to add our protein as well. But we were... The pandemic was just a couple of years too early for us to try that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do a phase one safety trial first, and that's what we're setting up to do now. Okay, cool. So then in terms of getting the surfactant proteins themselves, you said that um, they come from pigs and cows. Is that the only way that they can? Yeah, currently it is, because it's part of that treatment that is approved, a license to give. Um, so we produce them in, in cell lines, like you also do with monoclonal antibodies for cancer treatment, for instance. Mm-hmm. So we had to set up a new way of uh, purifying them, really. Okay. So that's been part of the project as well. Crazy. Yes. Um, okay, so then, okay, so we've covered the basics of surfactant and why they're important for the lungs. Um, and then in terms of your research right now, you're working on the clinical applications, um, including surfactant A and D into the administration. Yes. Crazy. Um so then going forwards in this field, I mean, as you said, it's taken so much time to get here even, you know, how many years later? Yes, it's taken over, well, I guess 20 years almost. Um, it's been good. Uh, and then going forward, we want to give it, as I said before, as you can self-administer at home, for instance, because often people with asthma who has exacerbations, mm -hmm. there is certain components of that. And often you see a virus like an airway virus. And that's the same type of viruses that, Preterm babies are very vulnerable to as well, are susceptible to as well. And you see the same in people who have uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. They also have these exacerbations. So our long-term plans would be that if you're at home and you can feel like you're having an attack coming on, mm -hmm. if you can just take an inhaler and, and take a couple of puffs with, for instance, with SPD, and then you can self-medicate at home uh, when you need it. Right. But it's a long procedure for us because we have to prove first that our protein is functional after you vaporize it and is still active and this kind of stuff. So it's something we would like to do, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a 
obviously really helpful and I feel like you could tailor it to the person eventually too like to create sort of like an yeah, individualized no. we would love to do that yeah um that's so cool so then in terms of like the field of the lungs it feels like you sort of stumbled upon this field um like you said you didn't really have a plan going in and you just kind of said yes where the opportun- opportunities arose um is there anything crazy that you or not crazy even but just things that you you know have learned that have stood out to you while you've been on this adventure and like going down this pathway pathway of the lungs I mean surely you've learned a lot more than just the surfactant relating to lung health but are there different like tips or pieces of advice that you can give to the listeners about you know maintaining healthy lungs or what you can do to yeah no I mean stay healthy of course always so don't smoke yeah (laughs) it's always the reason number one but just take good care of yourself as well right yeah so make sure you have normal blood pressure this kind of stuff sleep well yeah yeah get treatment get your vaccinations if you can for flu and this kind of stuff particularly if you have a chronic airway disease mm-hmm. right. and now there's every time it gets cold as winter all the airway viruses survive really well they mm-hmm. like cold humid weather and around four to eleven degrees of celsius so that's why they're so pop- popular in the winter yes right. you always see a surge of them coming up yeah and you do that that's not well now so if you're normal or healthy and you don't have any side effects from vaccination i would definitely recommend you to get vaccinated agreed i think that is definitely a good piece of advice (laughs) um well that was so i mean it's definitely more molecular but i feel like you know having you talk through it helps us to see that it's maybe not as complex if you just sort of take the time to explain it thank Um, you but it's been really cool to hear all about the surfactants um, and yeah, I agree going forward, it's obviously it'd be great to, to learn more about how this can be um, applied clinically. Yeah, I think what amazed me the most is, as you said in the beginning, you have this, if you can help babies in the beginning, you really have impact for life because it's, it's so important for them mm-hmm. that they have a normal lung function and then everything else, not everything, I mean, this is simplified, but develops better if you have normal lungs, right? Because all organs are dependent on sufficient oxygen supply. Right. So... If you breathe well, you will do well. So cool. Well, it's been such a pleasure um, having you here on the podcast today. I really appreciate you coming in. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.